All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Knock, knock, who's there? The show show. <laughs> that's a good theme song. Yeah. Should we ever need a new theme song? Because... <laughs> or what... maybe that's our splitter. Knock, knock, who's there? The show show. <laughs> that, that always separates. Wait, we like... need to get a, a clean, isolated take. Okay. Knock, knock, who's there? The show show. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> One take Slaney. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for your help with the crossword before we came up here. No problem. It was fun. I've been doing the crossword every day. I'm trying to keep myself sharp too, but I uh, never end up actually doing them. Well, the nice thing about the crossword is that not a lot of effort goes into uh, creating the free crossword that comes with the free newspaper. And so, like you said, they use the same words over and over again, yeah. like or for so metal source. You're saying there are like gold medal uh, crosswords. Like if you got like other papers, you'd be like, Oh my God. Have New you York... ever seen the New York Times crossword? No, nah, I've never seen it. It would blow your mind whole. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. It's very intimidating. Really? Yeah. This it's is just what... way bigger, eh? The Sunday New York Times crossword would take you all day. Yeah. And that's what like a lot of people do. There's a whole culture of the New York Times Sunday crossword. Really? Where people spend the day. It has a subreddit. Whoa. It's outrageous. Yeah. Man, this is... You I... can like finish it and send it in and win cash. Really? Yeah. I kind of want to get involved with this culture my grandparents Sounds like a fun way to spend a sunday but what i was going to say is the more you do it even if it's really hard the more you do it the the better you do like when i first started doing the one on the star metro i could get maybe half of it right and then you just start to learn how the the creator thinks right and i can get through i've actually finished a couple of them on my own now um which feels awesome yeah oh man is it a good feeling it's like jeopardy like one the way the questions pose, you start to get familiar with it and you can be like, okay, he related two things. Boom. That's probably the answer. And much like Jeopardy, I find that it's, it's bad hair day, good hair day. Like sometimes, right. sometimes I've just, I just don't have it. Just like tonight on Jeopardy. I shat the bed on Jeopardy. I shat the bed on Jeopardy tonight. <laughs> in fact. Yeah. Oh no. It's a terrible mess. But you did okay on the crossword. I did okay on the crossword. Thanks. When, small did you part start, to you. when did you start doing crosswords? Like three weeks ago. Oh, okay. So this is a new thing. Well, because... I have a lot of time alone in the studio at work. Right. I get my show ready. Yep. And then I'll take a long lunch. And I like to be kind of alone at lunch. Yeah. So I grab one of them papers and I sit sure. in there and sharpen up before I go live. That's pretty enjoyable. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. That's what I do. How's your week going? That's uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. You know. Bunch. Well, yeah. It's one of those weeks. It's, it's one of those weeks. You know, it started out, the weekend was so hot and so nice. I went ski doing. Sea doing, sorry. Oh, that's right. In now, the middle of the harbor. Now, you and I ran into each other, and you described this experience as as truly one of the most fun experiences of your life. Yes. I, I Everything was right. Like, yeah. I almost don't want to go again because I was there with, with five friends that made it a, a blast. Um, the weather was like 28 degrees. It was bluebird skies. Yeah. It was muggy enough to just like want to go fast it was one of the hottest days of the year but also yeah. it was like the morning you went at like 10 a.m we went no we went at 8 30 damn so yeah we were there at 8 30 i think we were on the water by nine so we went nine to ten and there were no other boats in the water except for the ferry which right was going slowly there must be ground rules about the ferry because there has to be some asshole who would like harass the ferry always bear right when approaching a boat that was the rule we were told that's right so we we're just like cool Let's just do that. Just like the road. I was on a jet ski when I was like a little kid. Oh, I had man. friends with a cousin who had a jet ski on Lake Minook. And I yeah. remember doing that as a little kid. And wow. 
I was clumsy and I'd never steered anything in my life. But yeah, it's the most powerful, exciting feeling. Yeah, it was awesome. It's like a roller coaster where you were in control. That's exactly right. It, it was one of those things where I wanted to, I, I wanted to compare it to a roller coaster all along, except with more freedom. Right. And it's like just having a massive parking lot to do wheelies in. And if you fall off, you're falling into the ocean. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Was there any kind of haunt about it being the Halifax Harbor, which is notoriously not so clean? Yeah, yeah, there was. and But, I mean, we got over it really quick. Right. And then we, we thought, like, you know what? If we were in, if we were visitors, we probably would have jumped in by now. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah. It's also not as bad as it used to be. No, and that that's the thing. It's It's literally safe to swim in. Right. Like, as noted by... The government or whatever. Well, and you can do yourself you can do yourself a great disservice by overthinking the hygiene of any large body of water. When I got out, I was for like twenty minutes, like ah, do I have like that water in my mouth? Kind of like you know, uh, make sure it's all all right. I've been on the tall ship Silva before and just Mm -hmm. kind of got like a sea spray on my face. Yeah, it's hard not to think about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, did that get in my eye? Is my eye infected? Now, do you enjoy the smell of downtown Halifax, which is distinct? Yeah. I do too. I'm okay with the saltwater smell. I, yeah, but see, and I would also describe it initially as a saltwater smell, but somebody from away from here might not call it that to them. They might describe saltwater as a cleaner smell. That's fair. There's a combination of smells. Like Becky will tell you there is a um, distinct poop smell to downtown Halifax, which I think even she is growing to like because she likes (laughs) downtown Halifax. Right. But it is bred within us as natives here to like that smell because it means a fun afternoon. It means a free, beautiful day. Right. Yeah. I think that was it. I think that was it. Yeah. And then that is now baked into my memory as one of the most fun times ever. And then we went to the mustache patio and like had a couple drinks and had lunch after walking through the public gardens. It was just, just great. I went to a patio on Saturday. Uh, it was really nice. No, it was Sunday. And then I went to the movies and everybody keeps talking about the 10 minute thunderstorm that happened while I was in the movies. Okay. It was intense. Yeah. Like, I guess the heavens opened up and it got really crazy. Some of the loudest thunder there's been, although I find thunder has been louder in 2019 in general. Yep. Uh, It got so dark that we were like turning lights on and it was five o'clock. We were in uh, Spider-Man far from home Mm -hmm. and about a half an hour in the sound cut out. Did I tell you about that? Mm. Yeah. I've I've never had it happen before, but like, just as an exciting incident was about to take place, the film kept going, but the sound cut out, and pretty soon it, we realized it was like not just a, a little glitch, like it was going to stay out until somebody did something about it. So this guy up front sitting by himself, he was the hero, he ran out and got some help. Oh. Some Cineplex employee came back and they're like, hey, we're working on it, then we'll rewind <laughs> it for you. But it's like rolling it's through the happening. film on our eyes, and we're like, well, can you like pause it in the meantime? And she's like... I don't know if we can go that far. I don't know if we can do that. Uh, what? Like, and so I wonder a little bit if when everybody lost power from the thunder, the sound cut happened. out, but not the video, that would be bizarre. If he really wanted to be a hero, that gentleman in the front row, he should have went to the area where the movie was playing, hopped on the mic, mm-hmm. started doing voiceover himself. Like, well, there were, oh, no, Spider-Man. there were some teenagers up front who, when the theater got really quiet, they just started going, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> That's it good. It was pretty funny. That if is you, good. If he wanted to be a real hero, he would have stood up on the backs of some chairs and opened his coat up wide mm-hmm. so that we couldn't see the screen. Oh, yeah. The hero we deserve. <laughs> it would have looked so silly. All the employees come in. They're like, wait. <laughs> don't look. Don't look. <laughs> You're going to ruin it. It was a good movie, though. That's when you could have jumped on your phone. That's right. And I guess I did. 
Um, it was a good movie. Man, I haven't seen it. They're making good Spider-Man movies. That's I was think, I was thinking about the many Spider-Man movies we have. We have seven official cinematic live action theatrical movies in the last two decades. And the only ones that are truly bad are Amazing Spider-Man 2 yep. and Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. But also, I think at least our generation has a special place for that movie. I certainly do. For Spider-Man 3? Yeah. No, no. I, I walked out. Like, I was... Oh, wow. We, we had our heads in our hands watching that movie. Well, aren't you the cinephile? We 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 were like, this is so. There are so many things happening that didn't happen in the first two movies. True. Oh, there's there's unforgivable stuff in that movie. But Crazy I, corniness. I think that's just what makes makes it kind of funny for me because they just made such a spectacular movie in Spider Man Two. Yeah. I mean, nobody's sitting here telling you that him walking down the street with the greasy hair is right. acceptable doing the dance moves it's brutal but it's so brutal it's almost like watching the room it's like how did this how many <laughs> committees approved of this right yeah and so i'm really okay i would watch spider-man 3 again i will never watch amazing spider-man 2 again uh and then you add in the two other tom holland appearances excuse me three in the cinematic universe which are uh, avengers one and two or three and four i guess they are and then game and uh, uh civil war He's, right. he's all over the... We already got tons of Tom Holland and he's, I don't know, 21 or something. Yeah. And then we had the Spider-Verse at the right, beginning of right. the year. There's been so much good Spider-Man content. Yeah. Was he in the Spider-Verse? No. Okay. Um, someone told me today that they're in their early 20s and the first movie they ever saw in theaters was Amazing Spider-Man. Or wow. the, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Okay, 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like mine was Beauty and the Beast. Mine was The Lion King, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Full circle of life. Yep. How old would they have been <laughs> to have seen the first Spider-Man as their first movie? Which, if you're a small child, has some kind of frightening moments. Like all the Norman Osborn totally. stuff is kind of scary. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. That is scary. Maybe he was like actually 10, but no, oh, because I was like 10. Had like Luddite parents who wouldn't right. take him to the, the yeah. theater. Yeah. <laughs> Luddite, that's not the right word. Yeah, they just had uh, <clears throat> weird parents. Yeah, just movie-hating parents. Right. Until Tobey Maguire Spider-Man came around. That's right. Oh, and they finally. said, now's the time. The movie for me. This is breaking box office records. We could have gone to Lion King this weekend, but I just didn't feel all that compelled. No, me neither. I wasn't dying to. Someone said they saw it last night, and it's just the exact same thing as Lion King, but... Kind of less flashy. Less flashy. Like, it's a great computer exercise. Way to go. Right. There are people who are mad that Scar is not gay enough in this new movie. Was he really gay in the first No, one? not terribly gay, but like he, I guess he's a, like kind of a gay icon because Maybe of, they should have just cast Billy Eichner as Scar. Right. Well, <laughs> Jeremy Irons is like not gay either. No. I don't, I don't know if it's like because he's just so flamboyant with the Be Prepared, which is cut from the, the, the first, from the new movie. Be Prepared's uh, a great no, song. I don't know why they cut it. Um, he also famously has a limp wrist. I don't know if that's supposed to refer oh, to, but for whatever reason, like he is considered an icon of that community and they're mad that he was kind of, let's just say oversimplified. In this I'm movie. mad too then. Yeah, I guess. Canceled. There's not a whole lot of, a whole lot of news to talk about. Rutger Howard died today. I know. I I saw that. He was in uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. Blade Runner, I guess most notably. And, yes. Most notably, most notably that, but, but this, that's what? all I know. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen him in a movie, in fact. No. I Yeah, because I've never even seen Blade Runner. No? You, did you see the most recent one? No. No? No. 
Did you? No, but I feel like you'd love it because I know. I think I would. I think you would really. Don't you know a lot about Philip K. Dick? I do. Yeah, I've read the books. Do androids dream of electric? You sheep? read that book? Yeah. I didn't read the book, but that's a stupid title for yeah. anything. Yeah, you're Bad right. title. You're right. It's clunky. It it's really clunky. We can talk about robots in the future a little bit later. Oh God. Am I gonna <laughs> cry? No, you know what's coming in the podcast later on. Uh, Green Arrow is that the name of the show? Is just Arrow? It's we just Arrow. Just we did a podcast about that like way way back. Yeah, and we didn't like it. We did not like it, but thought, it was getting rave reviews. And we kind of thought, why is this show still on? Yeah, it's still on. Oh yeah, and it's like one of those CW CW shows that just DC shows uncancelable, cancelable. Like The Flash and Supergirl, at least they seem like they have a bit of a campy self awareness. Mm-hmm. I don't watch them. Yeah, I have seen a couple of Supergirls. I think I tried to watch The Flash. They're unoffensive they're harmless but do you remember in arrow it starts with like a plane crash and it's like all about daddy issues yeah very self-serious right well so, and it's probably like archie where it changes its tone not archie but uh riverdale, riverdale where it changes its tone and its main focus a hundred times i finally quit riverdale yeah it was hard yeah you said that it was hard because it was just so not hard a- to quit no, it was hard to quit because it was so available. Oh, I see. Not because I liked it for a very long time. Right. But it was just like, oh, we don't have anything to watch. Well, there's a new Riverdale. Let's toss mm-hmm. that on. Mm-hmm. And we missed enough in a row that it became too much of a chore to go back to. Right. That we were like, okay, we can finally give it up. Plus, Luke Perry died, and it was a bummer to see him sure. like in the show. And they're going to do a tribute episode for him. And I don't want to see that. No. There was a... What's the guy from... from from Glee who passed away six years ago, Corey Monteith. Oh, yes. The anniversary yep. of his death was the other day. And I read this really disturbing story. Of, you know the the new story about the, the girl who convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide? Oh, yeah. I, I remember you telling me about this. It's uh, Don't I have a lot of fun tidbits? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's a, like... It, <sighs> I mean, people probably know about it. It's It was a pretty big story, and it's very haunting. You can read all the screenshots where basically he was, like, uh, very depressed, and she completely coerced him into like, doing no, it. like, no, you should do it, bro. Yeah, and now she's in jail, and she's I think she was maybe sentenced recently. Anyway, uh, it came out that, like, during that time, she was a Glee super fan, and in particular, uh, Leah Michelle super fan, and Corey Monteith had just died. And so she, uh... psycho that she was was like trying to have a wow. dead boyfriend. Oh my God. It was about glee, which is so messed up. It was about lining herself up with. Yeah. Yikes. Completely trivializing a number of horrific conditions like drug abuse and suicidal depression. Yeah. Yeah. Where, well, where were you going with Arrow? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got a, they've got, they're going to introduce <laughs> Superman to Arrow. Oh, I see. And they cast... Brandon Routh as Clark Kent and Superman, who you might remember from Superman Returns, kind of like the easily most easily forgotten superhero movie of our yeah. generation. Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, you might remember. Oh, right. What? It was the last of the spandex Superman right. because then Henry Cavill was kind of almost in armor. Yeah. And those movies weren't great either. He no. was pretty cool. He certainly had the look. Did you see him in uh, the latest Mission Impossible? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a nut job. He's great in it, though. He's so great. Yeah. I think I said recently Mission Impossible is one of my favorite movie series. Yeah, It's just like kind of snuck up on me that I love that. Yeah. Did you see The Man from Uncle? I didn't. It's great. It's worth a watch. Yeah, and it's it's developed quite a cult status. Okay. I don't know if Henry Cavill has a personality 
which is not his fault. He doesn't need to have one. He just needs to be able to play having totally. one. But unfortunately, a big part of becoming a major celebrity who gets great roles is that you can go on Jimmy Fallon and gotta be kind of quirky, play frisbee or whatever. Yeah, it, right. it seems to matter. But I would like to see him get like a sick role. Yeah, he's not Superman anymore. He can do something kind of serious. Not James Bond. Is he American? No, he's British. He's British. Okay. So Brandon Routh is going to come back again, which is kind of cool. Yep. And then I wondered a little bit about Tom Welling, who played Clark in Smallville. Remember that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was. He seemed like he had all the makings of a leading man. Yeah, and he just kind of drifted off. Not around anymore. No. And his psycho co-star ended up running a sex cult. Sure, she was like number two at that sex cult. Yeah. Well, not the only number two, probably. Sure, it was all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, maybe Weird you're right. Stuff. She was pretty powerful within that ring. Yeah. Seriously, Allison Mack. Man, it's a crazy world. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Times are nuts. And the Mueller testimony was today. Yeah, how did that go? I haven't seen I most haven't... of it. You know, I, like I, I made uh, an active decision about an hour in for the sake of my mental health to turn it off and not go on Twitter all day. Yeah. Because it was, it was really tawdry. It was just like, he gives an opening statement. He doesn't say anything new. Um, Democratic Congress people are kind of killing him with kindness. It's kind of over the top how... Right. how like pleasant they are to him right and republican representatives are screaming at him as if he has committed a crime and hasn't been a career objective professional right for like 40 years mm -hmm. and frankly robert Mueller himself is being kind of obtuse so it was just it, it was just too many semantics and it was frustrating and you know it's not going to save us and so i turned it off right and i'll get the cole's notes from seth myers and pod save america totally and I'm trying to figure out exactly how much it should affect your life anyway. Right. Well, I'm just addicted to it. Like you, a lot of people are. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it's I not even that I like it. I'm addicted to it. I yeah, want to know. Right. Because we're watching one of the most epic reality shows of all time, and I'm as hooked on it as a lot of people You're are. Right. You're right. That's a good way of putting it. You want to keep up with what happened in the latest episode. Well, yeah, but it's through, it's through the artificial... Um, armor costume of like being socially aware and being up on current events it's not about that i never cared about that before i care about pop culture and right. that's what this is well and i mean how how often are you talking with people about it and how deep can that conversation get besides here's what happened that's the problem with filter bubbles is that everybody in the world is having this conversation only with people who agree with them yeah so yeah. they're just screaming right. at each other I mean, occasionally go to, they go to a family reunion, but not around here, not here in Canada. Pretty right. much all of us are on the same page. Yeah. And so I'll be watching it in the studio and I'll be screaming at the TV and no one is there to hear me. I know. That's a lie. You're lying. <laughs> what are you doing? Doesn't it just make you want to zig when other people zag when they're having these conversations? No. Just for the sake of <laughs> no. just, you know, live and shit up. You are such a contrarian. <laughs> You, Why not? You love to be the devil's advocate, but would you be the devil's advocate for the sake of Donald Trump and his and his history of crimes? No, I honestly probably, you know, as someone who grants people the benefit of the doubt sometimes, although I know we're talking about a psychopath. Bad guy. Bad guy. Bad hombre. <laughs> but, but I think... You know, uh, there there'd be times where I'd say, "Well, okay, let's let's break it down here for a second. If I if I followed slash cared about it more, right? Which I don't think I do. 
And as soon as I tried to zig when others zagged in a conversation like that, someone would be like, yeah, but six months before he did this and this and this. And I'd be like, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) I guess I've been proven wrong. (laughs) Touche, sir. Touche. You did it. Anyway. I I don't care. I'll get the highlights tomorrow and I'll probably be just as angry about it then. I'm sure you will. Speaking of the Avengers, Mm -hmm. uh, we did a moment ago. Um, officially overtaken Avatar as the highest grossing film of all time. I saw that. Congratulations to Disney and the big machine. <laughs> they they needed it. You made it happen. Although it's taken so long mm-hmm. that I bet Kevin Feige was probably at some point like, is this not going to happen? Like it was probably within the dollars right. and he's like, we are so close. How much did they buy um, Marvel for? Like eight, 11, I think. 11 billion. Yeah. And the Avengers Endgame has made, or is it just the Avengers like MCU since has the MCU made like 18 billion was it since that's happened? yeah maybe maybe if not more than that yeah. and that would just be in box office like imagine all the merchandising oh yeah it's just insane. outrageous insane yeah I think it was 11 billion dollars so but that remember that didn't include any of the Fox properties it didn't include Spider-Man at the time they have gradually acquired that stuff right. through other acquisitions but it Do was you think X-Men ever happens uh I think Fantastic Four happens for a third time before X-Men happens. But X-Men is so broad that they can introduce X-Men characters very gradually and mm-hmm. very um, uh, with, with a lot of niche and minutia. Like, you don't have... It's going to be very hard to recast Wolverine. You're going to have to get some new, right. new little sprocket. Same goes for Professor X. Same goes for Magneto. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can bring in... I mean, they already brought in Quicksilver, you know? Right. Uh, Deadpool can cross over pretty easily because he's just a meta commentary on like storytelling in general. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think they could do it gradually, but but they've said they're going to do Fantastic Four. And I was listening to another podcast the other day. Fan Fortastic. Yeah, Fan Fivetastic. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to another podcast the other day that said, honestly, maybe that should be Quentin Tarantino's big like superhero movie. Doing Fantastic Four? Honestly, couldn't he do it? He could. You know what? You know what the superhero property that I'm most interested in right now What's that? is, and the trailer came out within the last week. Watchmen. Oh yeah. Did you see this? No. I mean, I know what's happening with Damon Lindelof. I didn't yeah. watch the trailer. Oh, it looks pretty good. Really? Looks pretty good. I remember not loving the first Watchmen. I didn't I, see the movie. I kind of didn't get it just from uh, a literary standpoint. Like, there's a lot of clout behind the Watchmen as an important text. Yeah. And I think that. I think it's just like a commentary on like American culture in a certain time. Right. And so I wasn't really bright enough to pick up on the nuance of it. And I just saw it as not as good as Spider-Man. Well, I think what they might've done is, you know, they have all these, all this entire comic book series and they try to shove it into one movie or maybe they, you know, just tried to compile it's not a series. It's just one graphic novel. Yeah. The watch. Is it just, it's only one. Yep. Just one. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, now the series might be crazy then. The series is going to have to expound on that story. There's going to have to be more. Do you think it's going to be a mini series? I don't know. I don't know what the parameters are for a mini series anymore because they just made the second season of Big Little Lies, which didn't have an original text, but it'll probably still be up for limited series Golden Globes, which I think is stupid. It seems like the trailer for Watchmen, if I understood it correctly, and you tell me what you think from what you know of the movie and okay. the, the plot. Police are in danger, so they need to hide their faces because they're the target of attacks. Okay. And at some point, you know, so there's a lot of vigilante justice. Yes. But I think there's also people with 
special powers. Yeah. It rings a bell. But I mean, that yeah. describes a lot of graphic novels. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. One thing I remember about the movie was the soundtrack was so on the nose. Like they included uh, Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah during a sex scene. Oh, whoa. And it's so cringy. Yeah. It's so much. Right. Almost like the Suicide Squad uh, uh, soundtrack. Is the soundtrack really obvious in Suicide Squad? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that rings a bell, actually. There's like Queen songs or something. Yes. They play, I think they have like Bohemian Rhapsody and. Oh, um, they did have Bohemian Rhapsody in the trailer. Right. And that's so annoying. And, and I think there's like a guy who like like has fire talents <laughs> has right. fire powers and they play like fire by Jimi hendrix or something along that line something equivalent to that right yeah in brighter news marvel wise at san diego comic-con last week they kind of introduced everything to be expected right now everything slated for marvel phase four okay uh the flagship item of of note was that natalie portman's going to be thor Female Thor. She's gonna be female Thor. So she's still gonna be Jane Foster, the 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 leading lady she played in previous Thor movies. Right. Uh, the first Thor was was it good? Like the third Thor was the best. I thought the first Thor was good. The first Thor was good, right? The second Thor was not good. Second Thor was which one was second Thor? Exactly. God right. of Thunder, and that was the first one. Yeah. I don't know. The second one, maybe I was underwhelmed, and I liked Ragnarok. Ragnarok just makes one? you kind of forget everything else because it was so interesting. Right. It was so fun. And so some time ago, Natalie Portman said, I'm done with these big franchise movies. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they wrote her a big fat check for her to come back. Oh, interesting. In her defense, she played Queen Amidala and has only ever had to answer to the fact that those movies were underappreciated by a yeah. fan base. And then she was kind of second fiddle in the Thor movies. Right. And so now she gets to be the hero and the star. I kind of get it. It's funny how small she was in the Thor movies. Right. And was she in Endgame? I was tra- I was talking about this with another friend the other night. Was she there or did they just like show her from behind? I think they just like superimposed her for a second. It was her hologram. Okay. They brought it. It was like a, it cost like a million dollars, but they put a hologram of her in it. I wonder where they got a million dollars. <laughs> they had to go to the bank. <laughs> had to go to the bank and take it out. Yeah, and they had to make a call to extend their limit for yeah. the day. <laughs> um, speaking, speaking of Ragnarok, uh, Taiki Watiti? Yeah, Taika. Taika Watiti? Yeah. Um, he is going to be one of the voices in Rick and Morty this year. Okay. I mean, he's going to be like a guest star or whatever. It's going to be a thing. Considering how much push there was behind Rick and Morty, remember a couple of years ago when fans went crazy for the szechuan sauce yes i haven't heard a lot about rick and morty since then. well there hasn't been any new episodes since okay. that season okay so that season like came out and it was pretty hyped for that season and then i think it's been two years but i think the next season's 10 episodes and it's supposed to drop as it were right in november you know what i don't like What's i'm getting really tired of this uh genius tortured tv creator mo yeah. Of not committing to their next season. Right. Will yeah. you make some TV, please? Are you a professional? Right. End the show or make the goddamn show. Right. Do you have any ideas? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they've got two seasons. Like, there's 10 episodes in the... I think they they did, like, season four and season five simultaneously. Right. And then I think that's it. I have a couple of trailers I want to talk about. I don't okay. know if you saw either one because I didn't give you uh, 
a heads up. Probably not. The first one is the Mr. Rogers trailer. The Tom Hanks plays Mr. Rogers. I don't know if it's a lovely day in the neighborhood, beautiful day in the neighborhood. I think it's probably beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, Will you be my neighbor? The documentary was called Will You Be My Neighbor, I think, right? right? I saw the documentary last year. I love uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's that's not like a like a hot take at all. <laughs> yeah. You know he's canceled. I mean? Wait, you know, I no, think no. He's Tom Hanks safe. is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and I like Mr. Why Rogers. do you like him so much? Well, you know, it's just something about his face and his and I like Woody. Right. Just about Woody. It was Apollo thirteen that did it for you. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever seen Apollo 13. That's the thing. That's like somehow it's one of his biggest blockbusters, I think, but it's also one of his least known movies. Nobody talks about that movie. Like, I think it was a huge deal when it happened. Did right. you hear uh, Kevin Bacon on That's December? exactly what I heard that, that yeah. brought me, brought it to the top of my mind. Right. So Tom Hanks has probably missed a few opportunities to be nominated for Academy Awards. He hasn't been nominated since Castaway. He's, <laughs> he's won two for Forrest Gump and for, for Philadelphia. Um, and maybe he's overdue for a third. I think there's a very small demographic of famous people who could be in the category of three Oscars. Right. Uh, and he would be one of those people. But I really feel like he's chasing the Oscar with this movie. I yeah. really feel like this movie doesn't need to exist. I think the documentary was beautiful. Right. And I don't, I, I'm sure it'd be a good performance. He doesn't really evoke Mr. Rogers for me. I don't, I've said before on this podcast, I don't need my actors portraying real people to have the same skeletal bone structure as that person and obviously he's a good actor and probably the movie will make me cry it just seems like the obvious take you're supposed to have when you watch this trailer is we're gonna get you we're gonna make you cry and i i might but i don't know that you're gonna give me anything new you're gonna do the pbs hearing you're Mm -hmm. gonna the at the congress hearing you're gonna do uh puts his feet in the swimming pool with the black mailman you're gonna do the the feeding of the fishes and like all, all of the mr rogers all of the sweetest tropes. Yeah. And then he's going to die. Right. But I don't know that that's fresh. And no, I don't know I, what it's there to celebrate other than that, like, Mr. Ooh, Rogers was nice. That's why this should zig when others zag. This is when we see the real Mr. Rogers. So you know what I'd rather see than a Mr. Rogers movie? What? It's a Bob Ross movie. There was this really cool 10-minute YouTube clip that came out last week uh, kind of highlighting the curators of Bob Ross's artwork. Right. So he did like 20 years of this PBS show. He did three editions of every single painting he ever made for the show. He did one to practice before the taping. Okay. He did one during the taping. And for some reason, he did one after each taping. So he did three versions of every painting. So there's like a Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse of all of these paintings. As it turns out, there is. Because lots of people out there were like, well, there should be thousands, literally thousands of Bob Ross paintings out there. And I'm rich. I should be able to own one or two of them. Sure. And they couldn't find them. And so it turns out, like, Bob Ross's company has them in a in a warehouse. But they're not, like, uh, hydro-sealed. They're not, like, temperature-treated. They're, they're, they're not in, like, a hum- humidified, uh, controlled room. Right. And they just maintain Bob Ross's social media accounts. And they have his entire catalog of work, which I guess is a huge piece of Americana. It's mm-hmm. probably got like, like hella insurance on it. Like they say they're never going to sell it, but that's because it's just appreciating over time. Oh, I see. Yeah. Anyway, I, f- I find it fascinating. It's this, this story. They highlight this, they profile this woman who, I don't know exactly what her connection to the art world was, but she took a painting class. I guess it was because her, she was bored or something, or she was sad and she was uh, a housewife. And so her husband signed her up for art classes and she, 
was just in a random university art class with this kind of kooky art professor with a big afro. And she's like, not only is he um, unique and special and a lovely painter, he's got star power in some kind of unique way. And so she found a way to make him a TV star. Wow. And I think that's a better story than Mr. Sure. Rogers again. Making Bob Ross a star. Yeah. Was it, wasn't and he you, the you'd one? you call it like... Was it him or Mr. Rogers? Happy Little Cloud or something. What, yeah. Was it him or Mr. Rogers that uh, was supposed to have been in the war? That was Mr. Like, Rogers. That was Mr. Rogers. There's a really beautiful chapter in the documentary about the lore surrounding Mr. Rogers and the mythology, almost all of which is not true. Yeah, there was there was a story about how he had been in, I don't know if it was Vietnam or like some major war and that he always wore sweaters because he had war tattoos all over his arms Which from the people true. he had killed. It's not true. There's, <laughs> there's lots of speculation about his sexuality and then uh, there's even spe like speculation about whether he was safe to leave your kids around. Like Fox News was super anti-Mr. Rogers. They called him evil. They openly called him a pervert. Whoa. And part of that just came from, and it wasn't always like you're suspicious of him, but there were certain people who just didn't understand why he was like this and they mm. didn't necessarily believe that you could be. And what... Uh, Fred Rogers' wife says is that that's because it was it was it's not replicated anywhere, but it's real, and people can't right. understand how somebody can be so kind, right? But it's genuine, and I think that's pretty interesting, right? I just think it's kind of strange how nice he was to kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there was no like, but I, he I was just, nice to everybody. He was nice to everyone, and he You're advocated right. for kids. That it's just when when there's not even any like humor. You're not like. You're just kind of like being nice to everyone. Right. I don't know. I think that his mandate Th was just like not that's not, why it's not so strange. enough people in this world feel like they're special. Right. And part of the problem is that we we don't teach them as children how to believe that they're special. And so I think he's I think he's nipping it in the bud with all these kids. Right. He's going to these kids make sure they feel special. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's definitely a great That's my message. other hot take. Yeah. Pro, pro Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers was a nice guy. <laughs> nice dude. Anyway, so I, I have mixed feelings. about It feels a little exploitative. Mm -hmm. um, I'll go. I'll probably love it. And you know, if the, if the performance uh, warrants it, I'll be happy if Tom gets nominated. But I, it feels like Oscar bait to me. It's going to go one of two ways. We're either never going to hear about it again, a la like Dark Phoenix, yeah. or... Uh, or it will be the only thing everyone talks about. The only thing worse than Dark Phoenix this year was the Hellboy movie with, with David Harbour. Right, we talked about that a little bit. Yikes. Yeah. Plummeted. He's also going to be in uh, He's going to be in the Black Widow movie that they just announced. Oh, interesting. With Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. She, okay. Yeah. Huh. It's kind of funny. Did she have her own Black Widow movie before? No, it's kind of long overdue. Yeah. And interestingly, an like interestingly, she's been in the in the series, right? So yeah. it's, it's got to be a prequel right. for yeah. Endgame. The other trailer I want to talk about is the Cats trailer. Oh, I heard about this. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. Dude, I can't describe it for you. Well, what what do people expect? It's a ridiculous musical to begin with. You're right. It's not even a good musical to begin with. No, I think that this is the this is the talk behind it is it's a ridiculous premise. It's a ridiculous idea. It's No, but I think I think on stage if you paid a lot of money to go to the big Broadway show and you know that people are going to be cats in it because it's cats. Uh-huh. You expect they're going to be in morph suits with like big crazy manes or whatever. And it's going to be people doing weird like uh, interpretive dances in mm -hmm. cat suits. And a, a cat named Rum Tum Tugger. Oh, the names are so upsetting. <laughs> I don't know if they come from the T.S. Eliot poem, the names, or if they're just like straight Andrew Lloyd Webber. 
Right. But um, in a movie, in a cinematic movie, mm-hmm. if you got a, a, a feline thing singing songs, it's got to be Beyonce and it's got to be CGI. It's the only way I'm convinced. Right. No, that's <laughs> actually like pretty fair. It looks too theatrical. And it's Tom Hooper directing it, who is getting a little bit too comfortable in this medium. He's kind of taken it on as as his responsibility to make Les Mis and Refresh Into me the Woods. Okay, so, okay, so he gotcha. just makes the big theatrical Broadway movie. Okay. And I guess those other two were really good. I rewatched Les Mis recently, actually, and it's cool. And I like that they made it theatrical looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know anything about cats. <laughs> I just know memories and and the cast kind of sucks, honestly. Like I yeah, love who is the cast? Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. She kind of looks like a cat. Yeah, she does. Uh, James Corden, who I've made it known how I right. feel. Yeah, sure. Judy Dench. Dame? J- Jason Derulo. No way. <laughs> yep. Prominently. Uh, Jennifer Hudson. Okay. So it's just kind of like a Mad Lib of mm. weird shit. Jennifer Hudson was nominated for an Oscar. Yep. She, she won an Oscar. She won an Oscar. And here she is. Back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, people are, are kind of Let's making... Say the cat came back. The cat came back the very next day. Uh, not not Mr. Rogers. No, that's Fred Penner. I or is so. it? Is it Raffi? Uh, I don't know. One of those honestly. guys. One of those guys. Um, so people are making fun of the cat's trailer. because I, I can't wait to watch this. It looks horrible. I'm so and, excited. I'll and forget. It's but. also Oscar bait for sure. Like you think they, so? Yes. They're definitely going... Because it's, cause it's maybe big for, like, and weird. Maybe for set design, yeah. And maybe they'll get it. But like the costumes don't look good as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And the only reason someone like Taylor Swift does something like this is for the same reason Beyonce does The Lion King. Is Andrew we'll Lloyd- stick an original song on the soundtrack and you'll get nominated for Best Original Song. And if it's a right. light year, you might win an Academy Award, Taylor. Right. Plus, she's also got this like public identity where she's a cat person. Oh. And so it's just what? it's really brand fitting. She has three cats. Oh, so she's like, I'm going to start in cats. Yeah. Or does she just do like a quick song? I don't know how. I think she's in it. I'm the cat that dates everyone. <laughs> That's a very hot take. That's really good. You're right. Yeah, it's not That's a cliche. Zigging. It's not a cliche. It's also sorry. I'm the cat that dates no one. It's also wrong. Taylor Swift doesn't date anyone. She never dated anybody publicly. It was never known. Who Maybe her she'll play were. like the cat that pees everywhere or something. Oh God! Why would she? Taylor Swift cat peed all over that corner again. Don't go over there. The garbage cat. She's the cat that's eating all the fish heads. I don't know enough about cats to know. (laughs) I don't know enough about cats to know for sure. There's not a song about litter boxes, but I hope there is. Oh yeah, keys to the litter box. (laughs) Keys to the litter box. Yeah, I think that's that should be her uh, her song. Keys to the litter box from the Cats OST. Yeah, that's right. I've got the keys to. <laughs> I'm just making. I'm trying to even think of a Taylor Swift parody, but I just start singing songs. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about shows? Uh, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> that is what we do after all. That is what we do. Yeah. I guess I, I should decide which one I want to recap. Sure. Um, I will recap the first episode of. Oh, oh let's do it. <laughs> You're doing this to be kind, I can tell. Years and years? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that either one of them is easy to recap. No. They're both long. They're both long. I'm going to recap the first episode of Years and Years. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. I I have a 30-second timer here. I think it's in a different iteration from what it usually is. That's fine. Let me go to stopwatch. Okay. Okay. 
on three, two, one, go. You are going to recap in three, two, one. The series opens on a British family watching a live TV newscast, some kind of political debate with Emma Thompson, who is some kind of a reverent political figure who makes history by saying the F word on television. Ooh la la. From there on, it starts a chain reaction uh, to a bunch of crazy pop cultural stuff that basically unravels the fabric of uh, humanity in the world, including the presidency of Donald Trump. This family living in the future, like 2020s, is experiencing all these new age evolutions of the world we're experiencing today. And the episode ends with a bomb exploding a man-made island in China. Yeah, that was a pretty solid recap given all that happened. Did you feel super uneasy after the episode was done? Because I walked around my house before this episode, before the episode of the podcast and was like, uh, and I had the like heavy metal music that kind of ended it yeah. stuck in my head. This was one of the most deeply troubling episodes of television we have ever watched in this show. Isn't this and not in like a black mirror that was genius kind of way. It was so nihilistic and almost like an after school special. Yes. And I, and I think in certain ways, and I'm going to, I'm going to give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt here. Okay. Okay. To go yeah. back to what you were talking about earlier, me of all people, mm -hmm. love it. To to imply that the Trump presidency leads to him bombing a country, which I realize that we've they've talked about that happening. Totally. Yeah. In the real, like to make a show about that, right? A fictional show, not, not just bombing, like nuking. Right. Well, and and certainly there's lots of of like discussion about the the real possibility of that happening, of mm -hmm. him starting a war. Yeah. But to make a fictional show, mm -hmm. which, by the way, is kind of satire, yeah. it's kind of satirical, about the possibility of Trump nuking a country is reckless propaganda. And I don't think we need to have this show. It's a little intense. It's way too intense. Well, while we're watching the rise of Emma Thompson, who is basically the trump of the uk well that's what that's what i didn't really get it's like i kind of thought at first because she says the f word on tv we're supposed to think that she's going to be the one who's like not going to take it anymore she's right. not going to she's finally going to put her foot down in this this mayhem where this sideshow we're living in she's going to be the one who saves us from it but no she is trump in it isn't she i think the idea is because trump has opened this floodgate there will be more trumps and the world will just get crazier as a result which is true I don't know why it had to be Emma Thompson. This is not kind of a weird, weird move. I love Emma. But she Thompson. can do what she wants. I'm sure, she can. But I don't know why she did this. Like, I've never heard about this show years and years. That's a... Premiered last uh, last month. It's on. It's on BBC and HBO. It's probably going to pick up some steam. Yeah. It's probably aiming to be considered quite highbrow intellectual uh, conversation yep. starter. And you mentioned Black Mirror, and and it's not out of place. No. To to mention it in the same breath as Black Mirror. Right. Robots are giving blowjobs. Well, that's kids the other are thing. being transhuman. That's the thing is that there's there's this ongoing thread of the political crisis that's happening globally through the show, and it ends in this horrific incident. But most of the episode is quite gentle banter or exploring extreme examples of right. of what we're starting to dip our feet in. Yes. So yes, home robot Keith, mm -hmm. which was very corny. Yes. I didn't. I didn't really buy all that. Um, and my other big issue was the daughter who comes out to her parents as trans, and they're like, "Oh, this must have been so hard for you. We love you no matter what. This we're so proud of you." And it's like supposed to be like this good moment, and then she's like, "No, I'm not 
transgender, I'm transhuman. And yeah. then they explain to us what transhuman is, which is in her eyes, she's been she's born in the wrong body, which is to say an organic one instead of a digital one. That's right. Which is kind of problematic, isn't I it? I thought it was hugely problematic. <laughs> okay. I thought because the entire thing was like a pastiche of coming out as transgender. Right. The whole idea is like, well, if if this is happening now, it's just a slippery slope before right. yeah. Right, exactly. I thought that it was like this is an example of what it's going to lead to. But jumping off that, you could then glean that maybe the point is eventually we're all going to be bigoted about something. Yes. Yeah. I think so too. I think you were, and maybe the idea is we once looked at this that way and maybe we should be more open to just everything. Otherwise we're going to, we're cynical about what we're disliking. Right. And then in the end, when they all think they're going to die, she's like telling her daughter, you can be whoever like, you want to be. Whatever you want to be. I kind of liked her. I kind of liked the mom. Did you? I she, and I liked the dad too. I actually liked that, that couple the best. Yeah. The gay couple was interesting. I, I, my favorite scene in the episode was when they're painting for grandma yeah. and they're talking about like flat earth and are germs really real? Right. But, but really the heart of the conversation is this marriage is incredibly stale. Right. I thought that was a really good and impactful scene. I will say. And he drives away from his partner at the end. When the air raid signs are going out. That guy's a terrible guy. Yeah, he's not a, that was not a nice thing to do. So basically, he works <laughs> He works in construction. He's essentially and, cheating. And he started to have uh, this attraction to this younger guy from the Ukraine who's been hanging around. And yeah. there's this like romantic tension, and his marriage is stale. And so uh, when he realizes the world's about to end, he just nopes the fuck out of there and gets in the car and his husband tries to get in the car with him and he j won't even look at him stares at him doesn't even say like i'm so sorry nope just stares at drives him. off drives and goes off. and has sex with this other guy yes and so and that's that's what's problematic is like if you think uh these minutes are precious i need to do what i really want to do I guess that's that's your prerogative. Right. But this is your husband who you have had a connection with. It's not like he's been terrible to you. Right. You don't you don't need to spite him. No. So now now your husband who you've committed your life to is spending his final moments in agony and accidentally burning down your mom's house potentially. At least like the backyard tent burned yeah. down the backyard, but <laughs> right. like we didn't seem that sorry about it. No. What do you think the grandma was supposed to convey? in the episode because she seemed like pretty bigoted did she though i mean i guess she said the thing about the little boy being their own little chinaman <laughs> yeah that's that that was bad but like i actually kind of found her kind of kind of woke like she yeah. you're obviously like it's this big family show and mm -hmm. i actually found it interesting that it's so british because i i kind of think maybe this is naive but i kind of think the structure, the narrative structure of big family epic is inherently American, mm -hmm. like from Steinbeck to Franzen to This Is Us. Like sure. that is in a, this is the American, like gener multi-generational Nuclear family. family, no. Well, yeah, but they're, they're a modern family, this group, right? right? And yeah. in fact, they're, they're extra modern. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But the grandma doesn't really seem extra generational to me. She doesn't, and first of all, she's their grandmother so how the hell old is she right where are the parents are the parents just missing for some reason they explain they, they reference the dad is selling the house again so okay. i think they're just kind of absent and right. the sister is she's like a like a travel journalist or something okay and she's in china she's when in, it blows up so she's, she's in vietnam yeah. she's kaputsky right 
Yeah. That was a pretty intense scene too. When they're all FaceTiming. It I was. can't believe I was like, am I watching a, a, a TV movie? Kind of. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. What's, what's going to happen in episode two? Is it going to be like, I don't even think it's going to be dystopian. Like, I don't think everything goes off the rails. I think it's going to be way more political and yeah. kind of following the story of well, everyone. Riots. Panicking. There's going to be that shit for yeah. sure. Cause that's yeah. already starting to happen. Right. I don't know. You know what was really creepy is the 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 daughter who wants to change when they first show her with a Snapchat filter on her face. Yeah, like, have... like she wears these like goggles that make her whole face a Snapchat. And filter. she's only saying things like "I love you, Daddy." <laughs> it's so upsetting. It actually, Jen Jen was disturbed. Yeah, I was really creeped out. I have another, and this might be kind of reaching, but I have another observation about the thesis of the show that I think is untrue. I don't think technology can advance as much as it apparently has in this timeline no way under the trump presidency in particular right so is it 2022 2024 so it's like the last right. year of it's his the last eight days of his presidency that's why he's going completely nuts yeah uh, and he's been reelected for a second time so I, I think I think this is just like a simple example, but I think this reaches out to other um, aspects of like the technology industry. Um, there's a company called Huawei, which makes really good computer products. They make cell phones yep. and laptops. And they're a Chinese-based company that is struggling now because of the rife relationship between Donald Trump and Chinese trading. I, and I think the Canadian government even recommended people don't buy Huawei phones. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. And so they're in trouble. They make good shit, but their yeah. their company could be in trouble. And I think that could expand to other overseas tech developers that make good shit. Right. So I, if it comes to where Donald Trump will only allow Americans to use American-made stuff because that's the way to make America great again, they're only going to be using shit and we're not going to have Snapchat filters live on our face. Thank God. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen anyway. I it mean, was, no, I, I don't think that, that he's ever going to cancel out where you can buy stuff from. I don't know. I mean, he 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 does crazy shit. He does. He does crazy stuff. He does. I don't know. That's that's kind of, those are my big takes. Man, I feel like this is the show that there's way more to say about. Um. Well, for one, I think the biggest mistake they make about the prophecy of 2024 is that people still just have the television on live TV. That well, all, that all this stuff is happening on live TV. Nobody well, that was a, that TV. was a whole scene, was it? Remember this? So the like grandson to the grandma or whatever sits down and starts like just trying to like hit the hit a power button on the on the remote, and she right. like goes over and like plugs it in, and, like hits a switch or something, and it turns. That's on. true, and she calls him a little idiot. She calls him a little idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, but does that speak to his? only using streaming services like that these families have television at all is kind of silly they're certainly not hopeful about anything like they're saying like oh my god every they're almost making the uh insinuation that all the kids that are on ipads right now are going to turn into absolute morons right like that's no, pretty cynical no young person was portrayed in a positive way no you're right no one under the age of 30 and everyone over the age of 30 was saying like, or like over the age of 40 probably. Right. Was saying like, oh my God, we're doomed. Yeah. There's not, it was a pretty cynical thing. What about Emma Thompson? Like she, her big revolution is that she helps to dissolve 
traditional American parties right. and creates a new uprising called the four star party. <laughs> the funniest thing about this was it wasn't the best, like we're a four star party because we're striving to be the five star party. Right. Because I said the F word, which is four. Yeah, the four stars are supposed to represent the four bleeped out letters she said on the air, yeah. which by the way, you're not going to start a political revolution by saying the F word on television. Otherwise, Paul Schaefer would have been king in the 70s. Right. It's it's just... it. Did he do that in the 70s? Fa- first person ever to say the F word live on TV. No way. On Saturday Night Live. Why did he do that? He was band leader and he was mic'd. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't know oh, he was mic'd. Oh, crazy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought, I thought that like... I know it's supposed to be satire and a broad example, mm-hmm. but I found that all pretty corny. Yeah, definitely. The whole thing about like where she moats off about Angela Merkel. She's glad Angela Merkel is dead. That sounds like a Trump thing. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, she's like, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like she kind of half apologizes. Right. That was pretty. Yeah, you're right. That would be on brand for Trump. I'm not hearing anything about this show. No? No. I've heard a couple things just about how upsetting it is to watch. Okay. It and, is. And I, I heard about the whole transhuman thing and they were basically saying like it exists in a world where, you know, it's kind of like if Trump uh, did his thing on steroids and like all of our worst fears about Trump came true. I guess, but so much of this first episode was not, that was just a background thing. Like it was mostly just about the relationships in this family. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're right. I feel like maybe they tried to tie in too much. Maybe it'd be better if like every episode of this show is another six years ahead in time or something. Yeah, like, and maybe they will do that. Maybe they'll do some more time jumps. Years and years. like Because it does be... open on this interesting montage where they're first introduced to Vivian Wreck or whatever her name is. Yeah. And then they show this big montage, this smash cut of a bunch of birthday parties for the same person getting older. Right. And then you arrive at 2024. Right. So maybe they'll do some more of that. I, I hope so. Yeah. I, that was kind of the interesting thing to me. It's gotten pretty good reviews, Metacritic. Mm-hmm. It's done okay. I don't give it my S. It you don't give it your S. It didn't sit right with me in a few ways. And not just because I can't I can't take it. It it seemed problematic to me in a few mm-hmm. in a few ways. Mm-hmm. It was just problematic enough to entice me. Okay. So I'm going I'm <laughs> I'm zagging. All right. It's just like you. Yeah. You gonna watch more? I actually am so curious at this point. I just want to see what the next episode is like. It's different. I'll give you that. It's yeah. not like anything else I've seen in a That's while. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you're gonna re- you're gonna recap not the first episode of Veronica Mars, but it, it kind of suddenly came back a couple right. of weeks early, and so re- recap the first episode of season four of mm-hmm. Veronica Mars, and without getting into it too much just yet, it did not feel the least bit like a pilot or even a return to form. It was just like. Hey, the, we're right back in the into next it. episode. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can recap that in three, two, one, go. So Veronica Mars is back in her hometown of Neptune working for her father's detective agency. She was a, a child detective turned now adult detective. Um, she's got friends. One of them came back and proposed to her. Meanwhile, there is an explosion in a local spring break hotel. Uh, and they're trying to get to the bottom of that because a senator's son was killed. Uh, a senator's son's fiance was killed. Uh, there's a lot of mystery surrounding that, and she plans to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I'm kind of, 
and I didn't ever watch the first Veronica Mars, so it was very clear that I was missing a lot of the charm of yeah. this show and just jumping. I think in. I was too. You kind of you kind of had to guess where people, you know, she's super uh, quick on her feet. Even you know, I, I'm sure as like a high school student, you'd be watching this on the CW, right? But because Veronica Mars is a high school student, it's like Dookie Hauser. It's really impressive that she just knows how to crack the case. That's right. But now she's like a 35 year old woman, and it's just she's just kind of like breaking this other woman's stuff, right? You know what I mean? While she like cracks the case, like yeah. I didn't I didn't find it that charming, and I found her relationship with her dad to be stupid. To be stupid. I thought it was stupid. How so? <laughs> Well, when she makes a joke about scissoring in front of her dad. Oh, right. It's and like, whole, oh, she's so cutting edge, too. Yeah, and the whole thing where they, they're trying not to curse as much, so they right. both say the word cuss instead of the F word. Yeah. Which, first of all, that's in Wes Anderson's The Fantastic Mr. Fox, like to a T. Okay. I just found it. It was way overdone. It's so cringy. How do you feel? It's very corny. I when, agree with that. When a show or or anything at all changes its apparent MPAA rating between installments. Did it do that? Yeah, I was, now I was, it's, well, now it's on Hulu. Right. I was wondering, was it always so edgy? Because they made a point of like... They say shit dropping, and they show a butt. Dropping stuff in the first like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about oral sex in like the first 15 seconds. Right. The there's show. there's a sex scene. And they show, like, oh, they show this an edgy show? lots of spring break butts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's violent too, although they don't really... They don't really keep that away from network TV. Right. Yeah. It it just seemed uh like they were going for all the all the cheap stuff kinda, don't I you? I mean think? it's it's jarring to make that that jump. But on the other hand, if it's just the same fan base as before, I mm. guess you can mature the content totally. a little bit. And they probably should. Yeah. You know, like why not? But because the character has matured so much. Do you find it silly that her name is Mars and she lives in Neptune? Oh yeah. That was probably on purpose. Oh, yeah. Definitely was. <laughs> I did not think about that. Rob Thomas I love is the it. I, I'm, Go ahead. I'm pretty sure it's called like Mars Investigation or something, which is just a, yeah. a funny name it for is. a detective yeah. agency. Yeah, you probably shouldn't put your name on your detective agency. Right. <laughs> That's right. not great detective work. Right. Uh, Rob Thomas is the creator of this show. Um, not the Matchbox 20 not Rob smooth, Thomas. smooth Rob no. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's just like the ocean. Yeah. Um, he also created the reboot of 90210, which uh, okay. I watched and it was bad. Yeah. But I watched but it. You liked it. Um, and I remember thinking when watching that, this isn't good, but this is the guy who made Veronica Mars. People love Veronica Mars. Yep. Um, it must be way better. And it's better, but yeah. it's not much better. How old I was I thought it was bad. How old was Kristen Bell when this started? Was she like in her early 20s? Yeah, I think she was like 21. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she was playing a high school student. I remember David Harbour on Dax's podcast saying that he was in university with Kristen Bell and she left because of Veronica Mars. Oh, right. Yeah. And that seems like it must have been a... Oh, it was 2004 that it yeah. started. Yeah, sure. Okay. Lines up. Eliza Coop is somebody you don't see very often. Who She played Jane on Happy Endings. She turned up in this as the kind of like... the. The, the wife who has been wronged by her sure. and oh, she's is that, like rich. Is and... that who it was? Yeah, you were, you saw happy endings. Um, Yeah, I watched a little, like I, I saw an episode here and there, but I don't specifically oh, I thought, remember. I thought we both really liked happy endings. It's a great sitcom. Oh, um, you know, I wasn't super into it. Oh, that's interesting. No. Might she's really like funny it. on that show. And I remember thinking, I'm surprised she doesn't get more work because she like talks really fast and she has great comedic timing and she, you don't see her very much anymore. Right. 
I thought she was um, what's her name? Uh, something Glazer. Oh, Alana Glazer? No, not Alana Glazer. She's the one from Broad City. Yeah, but uh, Nikki Glazer. Nikki Glazer. I thought she was Nikki Glazer. No, it wasn't. Oh, gotcha. It wasn't. Do you know who wrote season four, episode six of Veronica Mars? Season four. You know this already. I've told you already. Oh, um, no, I have no idea. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? And Why it's did not, we not watch that episode? And it's not like a basketball episode. No. He just wrote Hey, a, don't don't pigeonhole Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, That's I exactly like, what he fought against, son. I figure, like, why else would they get him to write it if not for his insight? And it's not that. It's just because he wanted to write he's an episode of the a, show. He's just a dude. We talked about this, like, a year ago. Yeah. Wow. It was Kareem. Kareem the Dream. Which is pretty awesome. I love it. It was originally conceived as a novel. Rob Thomas wanted to write the Veronica Mars series of detective books. And he turned it into a TV pilot instead. Matchbox 20 episodes. That's right. (laughs) The first episode is the inciting action of the series, apparently, is that she's in high school and her best friend gets murdered. Right. Amanda Seyfried plays her best friend. And she comes back in flashbacks periodically throughout the show. And uh, and that's why she becomes a detective to right the wrongs. Right. She so is she trying to solve a murder through the whole first season? I'm guessing she probably tries to solve that murder. Right. I don't know if they ultimately achieve that, and she just goes on to other things. But there's definitely other storylines. I actually thought that like the for the camp of the show and the comedy of the show, the the crime element, the drama is pretty stiff. Like the bombing's pretty intense. There's this mm-hmm. subplot of this like evil guy who takes somebody out to the desert and murders him. Totally. So that was kind of interesting. Pat Oswalt playing a pizza guy. So you know this was probably an, a show that he loved. Is Pat Oswalt going to turn out to be a bad guy though? I kind of think he is. When he was giving a testimony to police, it just seemed suspicious. Yeah, he's been on the news all day. Like he's trying to hog as much limelight as he can, and it was right. focusing so much on where he was delivering the pizza. They gave him. That's true. They gave it like they made a big meal, big out show of, of it. Him wanting to deliver the pizza in the frat party, but having to take it to the nerd party instead. Right. That's right. That's got to come back. I mean, some people already know because they dropped the whole season. Maybe it was supposed to go to that nerd. Oh, I maybe bet it was. He was such a like. It kept focusing on that like one nerd who just wasn't quite right. He wasn't even like cool enough to be in with the nerds. Okay. Yeah. I thought I thought that the narration was bad too, and I, I I'm guessing that's probably part of the signature of the show. Yeah. But. Given that it was this like long battle to get the show to come back, and there was a TV movie in there too, right? But you think she could have alluded to that at least in the narration, like "Hey, it's me again," or something right. like that. Yeah, like ah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and not, yeah, that's me. So you're probably wondering how I got in this mess, but like right. some some kind of allusion to the fact that that it's it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's not what fans want. It's very hard for me to know what fans want uh, right. from something that they care about because I just don't care about this. And as a result, this felt never ending to me. Yeah, I I uh, started doing a fantasy football draft about halfway through. Yeah. So I don't know if that tells you anything. I just wandered off. Jen's like, are you even watching this anymore? No, it was it was hard to it was hard to say. I thought I was going to be I thought it was going to be a hot take for me to not give it my ass. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you thought I would like it? I don't know. I just kind of thought like, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't awful. It's got some, it's got some stories. It's got like a, you know, a CW like watchability to it. Yeah. It's got like a, which you're not unfamiliar with. 
No, it's got a, like an episodic vibe to it. Like, yeah. it, it, but it doesn't seem any better than like Castle. Right. And, Ca- and by the way, I think Castle was pretty good, but mm-hmm. like Castle knew what it was. And I kind of think this show thinks it's cool. And I don't think it's cool. Right. It's it almost o- thinks it's like edgy. Yeah. It's okay to be what you are and it's right. okay to like that. Right. But I don't think that this show is edgy or like, or mold breaking at all. Are they kind of making fun of Veronica Mars in Forgetting Sarah Marshall? They might be. With the kind of like, you know, the illusion that that uh, uh, her character, Kristen Bell's character is like in a ridiculous cop show. I mean, they're just making a joke about procedural crime shows in general, it, yeah. CSI types, uh, and, and particularly like two-hander right. CSI types or like Renegade yeah. Cop and the, and the new Young Buck. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, man, that's a good movie. It sure is. It sure is. Second week in a row, we've talked about that. That's all I got for the podcast this week. I don't even have a Will Smith thing. Really? No. He um, stayed quiet. I learned that apparently every year um, DJ Jazzy Jeff actually releases a new summer playlist. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So he just like picks his favorite songs of the summer? Picks his favorite song. Not even necessarily. I think there might be a full mix of like new and old. So he mixes them. He mixes them. You can't, you can't get them on like Apple Music. You need to like download it. Or just go online and stream it, I think. Okay. But... um, So he does like a SoundCloud mix or something. Yes. And puts it out. I believe so. Cool. So we we should listen to that. But he's someone who I think has trusted Will Smith for a long time. But Yeah. But every time he trusted Will Smith, he ended up getting thrown out of Uncle Phil's house. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't you remember in Fresh Prince? No, to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of Fresh Prince because I never trusted Will Smith. You never trusted Will and Smith. And you know what? I could pass DJ Jazzy Jeff on the sidewalk and not know, not who, know he is. who he is. Yeah, I could. The whole trope with DJ Jazzy Jeff was every time he was in the house, he would say something like really um, upsetting and insulting to yeah. a member of the family, usually about the daughter, Hillary. And Uncle Phil would grab him by the scruff of the neck oh. and throw him out of the house. And there was just like a, a little like rag doll, like, well, a big rag doll just flying out of the house. Oh, they do a, a wide shot of his yes. body. Flying and you just out. hear the, ah! like from the, oh, from the God. ground and just see him fly out. Above. That's rough. Is he like a boyhood friend of Will's in the show? That's the idea. He's yeah. visiting. He's like, he's like one of the guys from Philly. I think that is okay. just like also in LA now. I see. He's Sean Hunter. He's Sean Hunter, basically. Yeah, that's exactly who he is. He's jazz. <laughs> which makes Will Smith Corey, which makes Will Smith lame, which means you should never trust, trust Will Smith. Smith. <laughs> Can you never trust Corey? Uh, well, I don't know. That, that's an interesting question. Actually, no, I think the premise of Boy Meets World is you can trust Corey. You can trust Corey. <laughs> For better or worse, he's not an interesting person, but you can <laughs> trust him. Oh, do I trust Will Smith? Oh, oh my God, we've got brain bleeds. Oh, this is terrible. Who is Will Smith then in the Boy Meets World canon? He can't be Feeny. No, he's Mr. Turner. He's Mr. Turner. He's so cool and dreamy. That's right. But isn't he also like a reformed alcoholic who basically like ends up dying in a motorcycle accident? It has nothing to do with his alcoholism, if there even is any a story a storyline about that. But yes, in the, in the cult episode, he gets in a motorcycle accident and is then written off the show. Oh, that's a cult episode. It's the one where Sean joins a cult. 
And that's called the center. <laughs> and that's what that's when this actor said, I've had enough. In that can very you, episode. Can you kill me off in this episode? In that very episode. And, that, and then, and it, I mean, I think the idea is that he dies, right. um, but it's a Disney show, so they have to be soft and not directly say it. And never but, show him again. But then they make a joke about Mr. Turner still being alive in the graduation of the high school episode. And then Mr. Turner does come back alive in Girl Meets World. Oh, really? So... You can't trust Mr. Turner. Which is a familiar stay, pattern. To, to stay to, dead. <laughs> he shan't be named. And you can't trust Will Smith. You can never trust Will Smith. When this boy meets world. <laughs> boy meets world.